0: All right. Podcast episode three. So I'm very, very excited for this podcast today because we're going to be talking about what it's like being an expat and basically the pros and cons of living outside the U.S.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have some ideas to share, but I think in general, again, the purpose of this podcast is to let our hair down a little bit and just like go down some side trails and give people a little bit of the story behind the story. Right. Um, so why do we live in Colombia?
0: Yeah, a lot of people ask us, "Well, why Colombia? Are you guys Colombian, or what's what drew you to Colombia?" And the truth is, we're both from the U.S. and have lived in the U.S. our whole lives, and basically started traveling about six years ago. Yeah, we we left, and we basically haven't been back <laughs> since then.
1: We could write a book about why did we decide to leave and blah blah blah. Let's get that. That's not part. worth the
0: payoff for now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think in general, we think it's fantastic to be expats, but we don't often find that other people understand that. You know, like I think they think that it's like somehow a downgrade to live outside of your home country. It's,
1: it's, I mean, it's all over the place, right? Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who mistakenly think that it's more expensive to live abroad yeah. than it is. And of course, if you go to Paris, it is. Right? I mean, you could choose a place that's right. more expensive. Um, but I think that people... Some people think it's way expensive and you have to be rich to travel, um, which is totally not true. It's way cheaper to travel than to just even to live in an live expensive in the, city
0: in the U.S. Yeah,
1: or do anything in the U.S. Practically. <laughs> Th- then you have the other half of people that think that it's super cheap but grimy. Yes. You don't have any access to anything. You know that we're eating like fried like empanadas every single day because we can't get good food down here. Right. Um. And so they're so mistaken on both sides that it's almost hard to talk to anybody about what it really is unless they actually have some experience but here's a good way to think about it it literally is like we're living in a city in the u.s (laughs) that's the best way to think about it. pizza hut no problem uh fancy italian food no problem like uh you know five star like
0: yeah, I think um, that's why I'm so excited to record this episode is because this gives us the space and the platform to actually talk about what it is like for us, um, because we never know who's going to have those those misconceptions. And I mean, we also want to talk about the downsides, because honestly, we had to really struggle to think of some downsides, but there are obvious downsides. So we wanted to talk about what we see are the downsides. Um, and honestly, we're, we also why we consider ourselves expats now because we used to only consider ourselves digital nomads.
1: There is a difference. What's the, the difference? The, diff-
0: the difference is uh, now we're actually established in one city. So we think of Medellin as our jumping off point. And we just post pandemic, we'll start to travel more. But um, really, before when we were digital nomads, we didn't have a home base. Yeah, we were permanently living backs. out of our backs. Yeah, Which and was now we do. Cool, but it's really cool. Yeah,
1: I don't think I know anybody who's a digital nomad for longer than five years. Usually more yeah. like two or three. Yeah, you just it gets get it tiring. out of your system, and then you're like, you know, it'd be really nice to be able to,
0: to like have things again. Have things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Okay, so let's 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 move through it, right? Yeah. Um, Okay. Should we talk first about why I think people should at least consider being a digital nomad? Or should we get into our pros and cons?
0: Well, I think the pros really, really are leading. They're very descriptive of why people should consider the more expat nomad sort of lifestyle.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm super biased here. I think if you have a job where you could live from anywhere, if you're not even, if you won't even consider it, you're a fool. Right. And so let's just say I have a real opinion here. Unless, now, you
0: know, you have like inherited generational wealth yeah. and you have literally no reason to build your own. If you're to trying to your get own. your
1: hustle on yeah. and build wealth and you won't consider geo-arbitrage and living abroad, then you are a fool. Now, if you consider it and you decide not to, then, then you're right, great. Then but for people who just knee-jerk will not even consider living abroad, I think it's And just we have a lot foolish. of friends like that. So, so why? Well, first and foremost, um, because of geo-arbitrage there's just a unique ability. And again, books have been written on this. I'm not going to go into it. Look it up. But there is just this ability to make money in dollars and spend it in pesos. And it's not just about the currency. It's also about buying power. That's
0: mostly about the buying power. Yes. Exactly. And so just by moving abroad to another city, typically, um, well, it depends on the city, but most other cities outside the US, you have much more buying power. So services are much more affordable. um, So you can get things like we have like help around the house and cooks and cleaners uh people who come to cut our hair anything masseuses anything you think of that's a service so, so let's you give can people get...
1: an idea so anything anywhere between four to ten times the buying power so for like for example going out to a restaurant um it is about one quarter as expensive as the same meal would have cost in la san francisco new york city or any other yeah this is medellin
0: colombia medellin colombia
1: When it comes to healthcare, you're looking at 10 to 12 times the savings, right? Because healthcare is so inflated and artificially pumped up in the United States. And people, again, a topic I could go on, but I won't, people (laughs) just don't realize how inflated the cost of healthcare is in the U.S. until you go somewhere else.
0: Or they think that because it's lower priced, it must be lower quality. And that's, again, something that we have – and we we believed that. The first time I went into a hospital in Thailand, I was like – Oh my God, like we have to get some dental work done. Like this is going to be so weird. Like things are going to be dirty. Like, are they going to know what they're doing? And I got to tell you, it's like the best experience, healthcare experience of my life.
1: (laughs) I remember exactly what you're talking about. It was like going to the Apple store. You know, when you go into the Apple store and it's so clean and somebody walks right up to you and they're like, how can I help you? And then they follow you through the whole experience. They're like, no, I'll be the person who helps you. It's like literally what healthcare should be. And people in the United States do not understand that, Healthcare is both cheaper and better in other countries. Yes, way better. And until you experience it, I get it. People will probably listen to this and be like, no, they're lying or they have some extra grind. I'm like, you know what? We You're don't. You're freaking lost because like the healthcare here is so good.
0: Yes, and I've experienced the insides and outsides of hospitals in about four or five different states in the U.S., and they were all about the same. Yeah. The, the Thailand experience, for example, it was like you said, there was a lady who spoke perfect English who greeted us at the entrance to the hospital. By the way, we didn't have an appointment. We just showed up.
1: Walked right in. And
0: we wanted, like, I don't know, a full body... Like, Executive
1: check-in. Ex- check-in, check yeah.
0: right. So she, like, takes you by the hand, basically, and she's like, <laughs> great, here's our brochure. Where there's all these options, <laughs> and here's the prices of all the services clearly laid out on che- each and one. Cheap. Like cheap, super affordable. We didn't have
1: any insurance. No, we just paid out of pocket. Yes. for their best platinum thing, and, and it, I think it cost a hundred bucks. It
0: came with like lunch, and so during the lunch break, <laughs> remember how they escorted us downstairs to their version of a cafeteria, which was more like a fancy restaurant, where there was like the most delicious Asian food. <laughs>
1: It was it was it that was a moment when my whole frame of reference broke because I only thought the United States is expensive because it's the best. Right.
0: But it, now oh my gosh like and also to mention that we didn't wait a single moment while we were there. Okay. It wasn't you sitting out in a line to get all the different blood panels yeah, done. Yeah, it was yeah. like boom 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 boom.
1: Everything happened. Um okay, this could easily become a podcast on healthcare. You're right. But let's 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 just say you know your buying power is anywhere between Four times more and 12. 12 times more. And if I told anybody that there's a way that tomorrow you could keep your job and multiply your buying power somewhere between four to 12 times, if you're not at least willing to consider that and you're not already rich, then, then you're a fool. So
0: so let's get into the pros of being expats.
1: It's not just about buying power, although that's one thing. That's one of the big pros. What's another thing?
0: Another big thing is just seeing different cultures and genuinely putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Because I didn't realize how much of a bubble I was living in until I got out of the States. And still, even today, there's things that happen in my life that makes me realize how entitled and spoiled and privileged I am. But I'm so grateful that I'm able to see that yeah. because we're outside of that
1: that I mean, bubble. You see so many sides of it. Like my, yeah. my friend Marlon went and lived in Africa. And one of the things he said is he was like, Africa is so badly served by this like babies with flies in their eyes like, yeah. image. He's like, they are poor. Don't get me wrong. Like these are the poorest people I've ever seen. But they are also the happiest people that I've ever seen. And so like – simultaneously living in Colombia, having the Venezuela disaster happening right next to us, yeah. you are seeing people's lives shattered. And yet, you, and so you're seeing like how privileged we are. We are literally here in Colombia, not just rich, but super rich. Mm-hmm. and But you're also seeing people with nothing who are still happy, who are still giving, who are still part of their community. They're not broken by any no, stretch of the victimized. imagination. They're not victims. So you gosh again another whole podcast topic but you just get to see travel and see different cultures and not just snap a photo but genuinely get to know people to learn the language it's
0: much when you're a tourist you're only doing touristy things you're staying in a hotel you're not meeting locals you're not settling into the lifestyle when you're an expat you are living a different lifestyle
1: totally totally
0: and i think going along with that because now we have our daughter Genevieve, we also had the opportunity for her to have that more global education. Totally, and there's just I'm I think it's such a huge privilege for her just to be able to be raised where you're not in that like U.S. bubble.
1: Now, flip side of that is there's certain things about this culture we wouldn't want her to absorb too deeply. Too true. So um, without but, but, getting into but, what but, those would be. Right. you you know, we still have the ability. We're not here permanently. We're not like, we never say forever. No, no. So when we bought this house, we said 10 years and we're about three years into that 10 year stretch. And who knows what the future will bring. Maybe we'll stay longer. Maybe we'll like bail short uh, earlier, but we, we thought 10 years was a fair time to say, Hey, we're going to settle down, absorb Columbia and and be here for a 10 year stretch and, and, and and I feel so comfortable for Gigi absorbing all of the values that a 10-year-old right. would absorb right in here, this culture.
0: And I think to go along with that, the, the, the biggest reason that I love being an expat is that we have so much access to help and services uh, and in terms of people's labor uh, in the house. So things that would be very expensive in the U.S. are much, much more affordable here. So, like
1: give, give some examples.
0: Well, for example, we have a cook who actually lives with us in the house and I can't imagine how much money we'd have to make in the U.S. to have, like, yeah. a gourmet cook. She used to own a bakery yeah. in Venezuela, so she is, like, high level. And she just cooks for us. She cooks for the baby. Um, she does so much she more. She does
1: light cleaning.
0: Yeah, she helps with everything around the house and basically keeps the house running for us. I mean, and that frees up so much of our time.
1: Stupid things. Like, you know, the the we have to work from home and the doorbell is just always ringing. Like there's for the somebody, dog walk, The
0: dog walker's coming. Somebody needs to drop off milk or eggs. They're it's very like,
1: social here, yeah. so sometimes they'll just come up and say hi and ring the doorbell. It's like just just having somebody answer the door, frankly. Like yes. is such a value when you're working from home because it's just ringing all the time. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean it, 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 that having the dog walker. We have a border collie and. I don't have four hours a day, which is the recommended amount that a border collie should be exercising a day. It's like, if, yeah, yeah I we, just don't, really, we just don't have the four hours, <laughs> four hours. And so being able to hire somebody and, you know, who's a professional dog walker, by the way, very gorgeous. I've never seen such a professional dog walker, yep. um, who, you know, takes her out and gives her that means that we have a really happy dog. You know, it's just so many different things that when they add up feel very luxurious,
0: Yes, yes, for sure. And then just other things like we're actually learning a second language, which I know a lot of people grew up, you know, where that was normal. But in the US, it's highly unusual to actually speak a second language fluently. Yeah. And Demir and I are both like that. So this is our chance to actually learn a different language and speak it with fluency.
1: Yeah. I mean, and and not to mention that. That Gigi will be effortlessly oh. fluent. Effortlessly. Right? Um, and that that's just so valuable for me for to give that to her. Yes. You know? Totally. Um and but not for nothing. She's a Colombian citizen. Right. You know, I mean, like, not to get like onto a touchy subject. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> talks about anchor babies well, in she's... the US. Like people going <laughs> to the US and having a baby so they can get citizenship. Well, like we sort of did that here, you know. Right. But like well, she's a dual citizen. She's a dual yeah. citizen. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, I mean I I mean, we talked about geo arbitrage, but not for nothing, like I think we we once calculated our monthly burn rate over the course of a year in LA. This was a year, mind you, when we weren't going to restaurants, like very abstemious right. about all of our um, of our spending, and we were spending about six thousand dollars a month just to like live at that very bottom level of existence. And here it's about how much.
0: I think we'd have to work hard to spend 4000.
1: 4000. And but but that's not comparing apples to apples. No. That's comparing like much
0: higher standard of living.
1: Like we are literally at a standard of li- living now and this isn't a flex or a brag but it's just being honest and pulling back the curtain. We're at a standard of living where frankly we we could have more help but, but we're actually not because we don't want the person in the house. Right. right? Like you know that you've got more than enough when you're like, "Nah, I could have somebody come do that. I just don't want to have" an extra person coming in, right?
0: Like house. they, it's not because of the price it's because
1: you don't want them or like restaurants. Like yeah. there's no problem with us. We could go out to restaurants, like every night of the week It would not be a problem from a cost perspective, but we just like, it's we prefer to actually get get we home. prefer to eat at home. Right. And so, you know, that means that, you know, all the money above that level we're saving.
0: Yeah. I think that's, so that's obvious. I think your number one value of being an expat is that geo arbitrage, right?
1: Well, geo-arbitrage means so much. It means quality of life. It means, like, we have more cognitive load to apply to our work instead of focusing on folding laundry or whatever. But, yes, I mean, at the end of the day, it all adds up at the end of the day to having more in your bank account. Do you remember (laughs) when we first left the United States? The first place – one of the first places we went to was Bali. And I remember we were making nothing on the business at that point. I mean, but our cost of living went from like six thousand dollars down to eight hundred dollars a month in Bali <laughs> because we were like, you know, we didn't have a kid at that point. Like we were, we were like yeah. pretty tight. We tightened the belt. And I remember after a couple months, you were like, "There's something wrong with our finances." I was like, "Oh no, like what's wrong?" And she's like, "No, there's too much money here.
0: There's so much money in why, our. Why is there so
1: much money here? Like, I and must be was,
0: forgetting something."
1: It it really was the first. That first moment we were like, oh yeah, when when you have enough, you don't just keep increasing your desires. Like when your desires are filled, you don't need to constantly spend for that, and then you can actually accrue some money in your yeah, bank account. Yeah. So yeah, savings is not. An and off I, I think
0: for me, the number one pro because I grew up in Michigan. All right, so the number one pro for me is the weather. Yeah. Because here in metagene it's about seventy three degrees year round. And there's very few fluctuations in that. I mean, even in LA, we were living on the coast. And so there's that really cold wind. I sound like so spoiled talking about this. But there's like this cold wind that it's takes over the lake.
1: I'll say it. Like, we I, had this fire cold. going.
0: Yeah. And I was wearing like jackets. And yeah, I'm just not into it. I am used to feeling perpetually cold. And finally here in Medellin, I'm comfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what about, okay, like bonus round. Like what is the most unexpected and surprising thing that you found like positive thing about being an expat like for me like mm-hmm. one of the weird things has been um the bird life like i've never been into birds i've never been like a bird watcher but but evidently it, somebody's gonna fact check me on this but i think i read that Colombia has the the, the most, most species of birds in in the world and you can see it literally like there's parrots that come and sit on this ledge you know, and it's it's such a random small thing, but it but it means that there's the, the fact that, that we live in a city, but there's wildlife in the city, like yeah. a, like abundant wildlife, is it's pretty really cool. unexpected and cool.
0: Yeah, and for a big city, Medellin's
1: not a small city. It's like four million people.
0: Yeah. 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 So for me, I think the most uh, surprising thing about being an expat is that there is still an ability for me to find other people like me in, in the city. So we have a, a oh, friend's yeah. group, a mom's group of other people who are also expats, you know, and, you know, you can basically stay as much inside your expat bubble as you want. You know, you can, ha- you can go out and make the Colombian friends, or you can also be around other people like you. So I think that that's nice because I sort of had this impression of like, well, if I moved countries, then I won't ever be around other people like me again.
1: Yeah. And in fact, I, I just to add to that, I would say, oh gosh, I'm going to get some hate mail for this one, but like... <laughs> Sometimes there were certain cities we lived in the United States, won't mention where, that the people were great, but boring as bricks. Right. Like living boring lives, interested in what I thought were boring things. And here, like I can guarantee you, like they might be eccentric, but like you're not going to get boring people who decide to up and move to like a different True. country. Like Yeah. They might be really eccentric and, and weird. <laughs> with that that's the problem we didn't have with my yes. like, friends here they're they're they like super weird? eccentric they're super <laughs> weird they're living they're really extreme not like oh gosh this person only wants to like play Xbox all day you know um so you never you never have to deal with boring people <laughs> like expats that you meet in most of these cities are yeah. they have stories
0: so i think some cons um because yeah. there's always frozen cons and I think yeah. that it's it's smart to acknowledge what those are, um, and we also want to talk about what people think are cons, but aren't really actually cons, um, from our perspective of having lived abroad. Mm,
1: that's what I want to talk about. Let's, yeah, let's I know. those are going to gonna cons. be cons.
0: Let's be honest. Yeah, so I think the biggest con for me is that there's this like communication barrier when you're trying to do pretty much anything. Yeah. So like in the U.S., because you speak the language and you grew up there, you know how to, for example, like buy anything. Yeah. Like, you know what Home Depot is going to have versus Walgreens. You know what all the items are actually called. Like, I don't know, little like you know how to ask for a part that will fix your toilet. Here, I don't know how to say those things. Like, even though I have a good level of Spanish, there's just things that I just don't know how to say even or find.
1: Like, like, one weird thing was I wanted a foot brace because my foot got hurt and normally you would get that at a Walgreens right here there's actually a store just for medical supplies so a pharmacy will only do things you can put in your mouth and like then there's a medical supply store everybody here's like well yeah like
0: go to the medical supplies like what's store? wrong with you you
1: know and, and i'm like i'm like i'm trying to look in a pharmacy for a foot brace and they're like they are looking you, at me weird why, why would you ever go to a pharmacy for a foot brace you know so just those small things where where you have to get over that but not for nothing that's why we ultimately one of our best investments was having a assistant
0: yeah an in-person personal assistant who basically her only job is to facilitate that and help us through those things because there's a lot of things we have to do like we have to pay taxes here I don't know how the tax system works here. Like she helps facilitate that. Like, I don't know how to like set the dog up with pet insurance, you know, just all those things that it would be so much easier to do in the States.
1: Well, you made this point, but that's all cognitive load. Yes. Right. I mean, it's, it's not just frustration. It's not just anxiety. It's just death by a thousand cuts. Yep. Right. Like every single week, it adds up, right?
0: Yep. Yep. Totally. Yep. So that I think is one con. Um, I think another con is people in your life think of you as far away. Yeah. The truth is we're not far away, guys. Like, Columbia is just below the U.S. It's faster to get here from New York than it is to get to, from New York to L.A.
1: Classic example is we had somebody who was, like, going to visit uh, a relative in L.A. And we, we and they live on the East Coast. And we said, well, why not just come here? And they're like, well, you're all the way down in Columbia. I can't do that flight it was literally a three hour flight. Right. It's longer for them to get from where they're at to LA than it is for them to get from where they're at to Columbia, but in their mind.
0: Yes, and I think it comes from that that world where before the internet, before we had all these great options to communicate and travel, to be honest, it it felt like when you were in a different country, it truly was like you were apart. You know, you couldn't make a phone call, you couldn't get there easily, it was very expensive. And people still sort of think of us like that, like, yeah. oh, they're in Columbia, yeah. rather than like, oh, they're just outside the States.
1: And I remember when I lived in New York, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to go to Columbia one day, but who knows? It's going to be a 12-hour flight. I didn't realize that's a five-hour flight.
0: I think a lot of people don't know where Columbia is on the map, to be <laughs>
1: I honest. I, mean, I didn't really. I totally didn't.
0: It's been a, been a long time since I studied South American you but, know, geography. But also,
1: even... Even things that we could get to, like bachelor parties, weddings, yeah. you know, family events, people don't even think to invite us. Right. Or, or professional. You'll talk about that in a second. Professional stuff. People don't even think to invite us because they think that we're off the board for these things when we would actually be able to come.
0: Right. Totally. Really easily too. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's another great con in terms of our business, and this is a real a real con is um, we're not able to network. Yeah. Being expats and choosing, making the conscious choice not to travel back to the States for all these conferences and summits and all these things, simply because we're not interested in it, to be honest with you. We're just not those types of people. But it also means that we've taken a big hit on our business, meaning we see a lot of other people who do not do better coaching than we do, but yet their business is doing much better, simply because they've focused on the networking side and we haven't.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't take that point away from you. Frankly, that's a choice. Like we intentionally made that choice because we did not want that lifestyle. I mean, there is, we could make five times what we're making right now. If we wanted to just live in airports and go to the worst places and like give speeches and talks and we intentionally, and, and we're crushing it now, Yeah, but we could be making five times as much, but you know,
0: we just don't want to. We, we don't, don't want to, to and also being being away. Like if you're more centrally located, like in a New York or in LA or whatever, yeah. it does make doing those things much easier. They mix them into like day trips or weekend trips, yeah, rather than for that. us, it would it would be more of an intensive yeah. thing, right?
1: Yeah. So um, another one is, and this is one that people don't think about a lot, is there's no access to banking. Well, no, I I wouldn't say banking. We can have a bank account. Credit. Credit, Lines of credit. Credit. Yeah. Right. So there's no credit cards down here. There's no uh, home home equity, like like mortgages. Yeah. And so if you want to buy a house for, you know, the houses down here are cheap, you know, like somebody will look at a house that that is a palace and it'll be $200,000, but you have to come up with $200,000 in one slug. And people right. are like, oh, they're so used to having mortgages. And yeah. say that the idea that you would come down here and either A, not be able to get a mortgage if you're not a citizen, or B, be able to get a mortgage and the interest rate is so astronomical that you wouldn't even want to take
0: it. Yeah, we're, we're not used to that kind of uh, interest rates. But yeah, I mean, I think um, it's a pro and a con because obviously the, the pro is... We don't have any debt, so yeah. our house is fully paid for in cash. We do not have a mortgage. There's no one who's ever going to be able to kick us out. But the con to that is like we could have leveraged in to a much bigger property in the US yeah. and potentially grown our equity faster in that way, yeah. um, which we still can do if we were to buy like say an investment property. But yeah. you know, as our first property, we we haven't done that.
1: Yep, yep. Um, and you know, you know, I'll skip that one and let you take the driver's <laughs> license. But like creature comforts, like taco bell and costco and and just you know cinnabon like once in a while you have like a real tooth for like i don't know you just get a flavor for like god i would kill for some What's what right. that, that sandwich shop that you like jimmy john's jimmy john's you know such a midwestern oh, thing oh my goodness you know but like sometimes we'll both like be like taco bell or in and out burger although the burgers here are pretty good um true but yeah man you know it, they're, nothing they're, replaces
0: some of those things that you grew up with and if they just don't have them they just yeah. don't
1: oh no can i tell you what's worse is when they have them here but they've changed the formula Oh, i know and it doesn't taste it's like
0: when you order Domino's, like and you're like this isn't Domino's. This isn't like Domino's. what's wrong with you
1: <laughs> <laughs> or they had um for a while down here they had that donut shop the um Krispy Kreme oh yeah but it didn't taste at all like Krispy Kreme no they changed it but it looked like it so you kept eating it thinking oh maybe the next one will taste like Krispy Kreme which Demir
0: actually tried to get them to tell him what time they made the donuts so that he could get there and get one fresh but like they were trained not to tell people the time Uh, and so yeah they they kind of stonewalled you on that one Yeah,
1: yeah yeah do you want to take the driver's license one
0: yep um one thing is we don't have a driver's license here because we would have to get completely recertified, which is like a very extensive process here, um, and. It's also really expensive just to own a car, so that's one thing. I mean, we don't really want to own a car, um, but it is a, a con, I think, of living yeah. abroad. And some countries, it's easier to get a license, or you don't need one, or whatever. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's a con. I'm gonna
1: here. I'm gonna get a license. I mean, it's the ps to this? I will go through Eventually the whole process we'll do of it. getting a license so that we can just rent a car. Yeah. But we're not we're not gonna own a car. We've done the math six ways. From it's really it it's weirdly expensive
0: sense. here to yeah, own a car. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, So I would say my number one, if I can, my number one con would be that, um, and this is weird, and I don't want to get too deep into the philosophy. I feel, I I actually don't feel at all uh, like I've abandoned U.S. society. What Actually, it's the opposite. I feel that the number one con is how heartbreaking it is to know that we couldn't have done this in the United States. Right. That United States society is is structured perfectly to keep you out of a place where you ever get comfortable so that you have to constantly keep grinding you know and no matter i know friends who are really poor and relatives all the way up to people who are making 10 million dollars a year and somehow they've been put into a place where they either feel like or actually have to continually keep grinding and killing themselves in order
0: to just sustain to just
1: live and and i think we tell ourselves all of these lies when we're in the states like oh it doesn't matter it doesn't get any better like like uh oh well if i made if i made the, uh, more money and had more help i would just want other things it's like no man like there is a level at which you can just you know work 30 great hours and really you know provide good value to other people but not feel that that there's that gun to your head or or worse when you and i were starting out in la the down payment to a house in LA was what this house cost, you know? Right. So like just getting onto the ladder of wealth building and, and forming a new household and, and having a lifestyle that doesn't make you want to jump off a building, like is nigh on impossible, if not fully impossible. And so people, and we'll get into this in a second, what people think the cons are, but they're not. A lot of people think that, you know, that I must feel unpatriotic for like abandoning the States. And I feel like, it's quite the opposite. I feel like the states has sort of abandoned its own people. Right. And in, in in giving them that ladder up and that opportunity. Think about the millennial generation, not to get too much on the rant, but like millennials have gone through two financial crises.
0: Well, and we're right? both millennials. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, our generation does feel that quite strongly, which is like, hey, there just wasn't that opportunity. Like even things like that were supposed to be taken for granted, like getting into your first house, to us, it seemed very difficult to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, sorry, not seemed it It was was mathematically impossible. Yeah, mathematically,
0: we just didn't see a good path to do that in the city we wanted to be in. Yeah, if we had gone into like the middle of nowhere, then sure, maybe, but like we didn't want to be there. We wanted to be in a city.
1: Yeah, so so I think I think that's the the biggest con is the heartbreak that I carry along with myself. You know, I'm such an emotional guy, but I'm I'm constantly heartbroken when I look back into the states and see how badly we fumbled like taking care of like that next generation and giving them like something that they would wanna fight for. And people are always like, well, why don't millennials like work hard at a corporate job? It's like, because they can see that like, maybe in a previous generation, you would kill yourself and you would hate your life, but at least you'd be able to buy a house, have health insurance, be able to like, have one of the parents stay home and take care of the kids. And it's like, no, now you gotta do all of the crap and you still can't buy a house at the end of it. So it's like, people are like, fine, then I don't play this like, I'm not going to play this game. So anyways, rant over, but like, yeah, I think for me, the
0: the number one con to being, um, an expat is that just that communication barrier yeah. and how much more difficult it is having to speak in a foreign language i mean i'm I'm trying actively trying to get better at spanish but it does make me much more empathetic to foreigners living in the u.s yeah i think there's a lot of bias especially where i grew up around like people not speaking good english or whatever yeah and now i'm like oh gosh like i see i can see how much harder it is just to do anything also when you're not cultural
1: yeah. Like cultural, not just yes, link, not like it's a just whole barrier. Linguistic. That's why they call it
0: a communication barrier. It's not just the words you're saying. It's like the word choice and how you're saying it in which context and yeah. knowing all of the societal things that go along with it.
1: Yeah, it's a big like, deal. How would one, like when it came time to get our baby registered, like as uh, just get a birth certificate, like none of it worked the same way. You know, so right. it was just a cultural difference. Yeah. Yeah. So so what do people think are cons, but they actually aren't cons? Okay.
0: So I think one thing is that you won't have access to Amazon. Um, Amazon is like the number one thing that we would be using to buy things in the States. And actually, you can get things very quickly on Amazon here. Like they're yeah. expanding their global shipping options. But even we have um, a lady who basically forwards all of our packages yeah. to us through Miami. So basically, it takes us... Um, the two days for the prime shipping plus seven days to get anything we want from Amazon, which is pretty great. So I think that's something, that's something someone would think is a con, but it's not actually that big of a con.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, another thing is like, uh, you know, just amenities like, you know, oh, well you can't get French food or Italian food or, you know, AC
0: or yeah, whatever,
1: almost any amenity. And it's like, no, I've got my AC blasting here. We've got 250 Megabyte download speeds, like, you know, we, we, you have any cuisine that you could possibly choose from. The only, so we have all the amenities that you would have in an equivalent city of four million people in the United States. The only difference is we can afford them now. Right. Right. We can actually partake in them instead of like rationing it out little by, yes. little, by little. I think the number one thing that when people come visit us here, It's just like (laughs) that we hear all the time. It's like, well, this is just like living in the United States. I didn't realize that, you know, so. so, uh, Except with better weather. Yeah, except with better weather all the time.
0: Yes, I think. And to go along with that, I think something people think, and actually we've had friends tell us this is like, well, you're not a patriot if you don't actually live in the States. And so I think there's that stigma around leaving as if you're somehow like bailing on your fellow countrymen or your country if you're not there.
1: You know, I I roll my eyes at this, but it's it's real. Like people feel, people don't do it because they feel like what they're doing is abandoning yeah. They're abandoning ship. Like, right. it's unsavable. Like, it's unsalvageable. So I'm out of here.
0: Right. You know, because. But the, but the truth is, I think that um, you actually, this has made us more civically minded. Weird because enough, right? we've, we've increased our status. We've grown, we've been able to grow our business. We now give much more money to. Uh, organizations back in the states and nonprofits who are doing good work
1: yeah. than we
0: ever would have been able to if we were still in the states, um, and I think it makes you a little bit more uh, globally minded, so you can really see. You, you, by the way, we still watch American news, so we get that here in Colombia. I know that's surprising.
1: People are like, "Oh, you knew about that?" It's like, like
0: uh, we yeah. ha- we have the exact same internet access that you do. Um, <laughs> Yes. So uh yeah, so it's actually made us I think more patriotic in in a weird way because we have that
1: global mindset. Ironically, yes. And 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 y- y- you heard my rant a second ago, but like I'm very focused now more than I ever have been on trying to do what I can to engage the system so that we can actually like really continue the American dream for the next generation. Like there's something uh yeah, and and Like, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna hold myself back from this rant, but like, I I will just say that, that we probably talk more about the United States and we think more about our civic duty and what we're gonna do to contribute more action on it. And we spend way more, multitudes more money, like giving back than we ever did when we lived in the States. And again, that was just because we didn't have any money to
0: give in the system. you know,
1: like, so part of the wealth building that we've done by moving abroad has allowed us to give something back. So
0: yeah. And other things like, um, people think, Oh, well you're, you're abroad. So like, how can you vote? And the amazing thing about today is you can vote. Anyway, you can mail in your vote. What actually we did was we were able to vote online. So like staying connected um, has been much easier than I think people think it will be.
1: Newsflash for people. There is a perfectly designed system for people voting online and like verifying by by mail. And it is called military and overseas voting. Yeah, we have a lot of military people who still want (laughs) to vote. Exactly. Yeah. When we did it online, we had an easier time voting online using the military overseas system yeah and people did voting in like literally going down the street and voting at their local oh my local gosh city. it's so
0: much easier it's like yeah. so much less time to to take the vote so yeah i think those are the primary and of course we had talked about the healthcare. people oh, think yes. like oh well i'd have to be in the us or canada to get the medicine i need or to get this procedure done and the truth is it is much easier in almost every other country to get the medical attention you need. And it's probably going to be better medical attention. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think just, okay. Final thought on this, you know, for me, I think the most important thing that I want people to take away from this is that don't, don't make excuses. If it's something you want to do, if you don't care, I mean, first of all, if you're still listening to this and you don't care, then probably can spend something, spend your time on something better. But if it, if you have wanted to do this, and you have a curiosity about living abroad, or you really could afford to multiply your buying power by four to twelve, like twelve times, right, and you wouldn't mind living abroad to do so, then then you should think about it. Right, yeah. it it is not a fix all, but it fixes a lot. Some of the some of the hairiest problems that people have could be fixed. I'll just give one example. I had a woman who was the um, breadwinner for her house because her husband was older than her and had gotten injured and had to retire and take disability earlier, and he was technically supposed to be like sort of the 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 mom Mr. mom but then he ended up coming down with like this really terrible disease and so she, instead of having five kids and they have five kids so instead of having five kids now she had basically six kids and she was supposed to take care of a sick husband and five kids and she was just like I don't know how I'm gonna do it like and I, I just said well, why not move abroad like why not why not go to Mexico I mean if you literally changed if you just like change your latitude a couple clicks you would be able to on your same income, hire all the help to take care of your husband. You know, the medical bills wouldn't be flooding you. You'd be able to have like all of the resources that you needed to manage this. And what's interesting is there was literally not one reason that this person could come up with to not do it. It was just a reflexive feeling that that was not an option.
0: Yeah, because you feel so like embedded and ingrained in your culture. And I think what we've learned is that you can still have that you can still have that family familiar feeling in another place. Cause there's the the truth is we're so blessed to be in a time when there's a ton of expats in so many countries, but you're going to be able to find your tribe wherever you go. And I mean, if if you don't vibe with a place, like you just don't like, then you leave, you know? Um, But like, I think the biggest cost is not trying.
1: Yeah, so I mean, if you're out there and you're even remotely curious about it, then we would definitely put our stamp of approval. We love it. We're not planning to change it anytime soon. What What do you think? Final thought?
0: Yeah, I think if you guys have questions too, like more you want to hear about our expat lifestyle, we would love to answer. So um, please comment with those. Yeah, like
1: it, here's here's a prompt. Like if you were going to move abroad, um, what is the place that you know piques your curiosity yeah. the most? Yeah, hit in, hit us up in the comments. We want to hear about it. All right, cool.